0: Welcome to Explore the Word podcast. So glad you could join in today. And we'll continue in our series of surveying Old Testament books. And in this episode, we'll look at 1st and 2nd Samuel. The books of Samuel, really, uh, the name comes from the most prominent figure in the first book, Samuel. His name means asked of God. The author of the book is really... Split, they believe, amongst three, Samuel being the most prominent uh, and thought to be the author of 1 Samuel chapter 1 to 24, and then Nathan and Gad, uh, the authors of the remainder. The events of this book cover a period from the birth of Samuel to the end of David's reign, and that time span is approximately 130 years, so there's a good amount of time. Israel... Religious state is horrible in First Samuel chapter three. There's much idolatry. There's immorality. I mean, it's rampant. It just kind of holdover from the book of Judges. In First Samuel chapter seven, verse three, Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, "If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods, strange gods, and Asherah from among you, and." prepare your hearts unto the lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hands of the philistines eli was a faithful priest but he failed to honor god by keeping his sons in line as they were involved with service in the in the tabernacle first samuel two twenty nine. wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and of my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the cheeses of all the offerings of Israel, my people. They served in the tabernacle at Shiloh, but they were involved in immorality and greed to a great extent. And Israel's sin provoked the Lord, and He used Philistines to invade to get, you know, um, the nation of Israel its attention and get it back in line the political state of the nation kind of mirrored the the spiritual state it was low Uh, it was a time of divided leadership and anarchy seemed to be around every corner there was no central leadership in the nation of israel and there was a lot of external oppressions particularly from the philistines they waged many campaigns against israel now when david gets on the scene the internal issues are, are squared away over time, and thus there's a focus to take care of the external, and they're resolved. And the nation grew from a group of rivaling tribes with no leadership—you uh, know, really in a horrible place at the beginning of First Samuel—to the end, it's a united political force, it's respected and feared by nations in the area. Um, under David's leadership, the Philistines are driven out. They are, um, you know, harshly dealt with and rightfully so. They were harsh in Israel. The countries of Edom, Moab, uh, Ammon, and and Syria are really made to be you know supporting states of Israel, vassals. You know, they just do whatever David says, and they pay tribute and things. And a peace treaty with Phoenicia was made as well. Uh, so a great change uh, in a very, again, short amount of time from when Samuel shows up on the scene till the end uh, of David's reign, 130 years, as we talked earlier, It it's pretty short time to see such a big reversal, and it's by the Lord's hand. Uh, the book of Samuel really shows us the development of Israel from anarchy to monarchy. It gives a religious portrait as well. We see the nation's growth, and we see that it's all done by God's hand. An overriding uh, view that we see throughout the books. are you know, it's, it's by the glory and power of God that the nation is where it's at. And they respond positively to the Lord. So there's some unique contributions to 1st and 2nd Samuel. Uh, The first one we look at is Hannah's prayer. Uh, This prayer of the mother of Samuel is regarded as one of the most outstanding prayers in the Bible. Uh, She exalts the Lord. She demonstrates a humble and submissive attitude and she went on to raise a wonderful son uh, that blessed Israel. But we just see uh, her prayer is pretty significant. That's from First Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And then we see the tragic end of Eli, chapter 2, verses 12 to 36. Eli, the high priest, really does symbolize the condition of Israel. It kind of mirrors it, uh, having a form of godliness, but without the power or personal discipline. The ruling priest lost the priesthood for a couple of reason reasons. The priesthood was not given just to Eli's house, but to the whole house of Phineas. And the other reason, the most significant, was just the lack of failure to keep his sons in order. First Samuel three thirteen, or have told him that I would judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And this is not a case where you know, he's a merchant in town and his sons are bad. Eli is you know, looked upon as chief spiritual leader of the entire nation. And his sons are involved with the worship of Jehovah at the tabernacle. And that verse made it clear they were vile. And he didn't do anything about it. Uh, so that's why that judgment came. And we see Saul as well. The people's choice. 1 Samuel 9, chapter 9 to uh, chapter 15. Uh, this demonstrated their trust in physical greatness. Saul was a big man rather than spiritual strength. His failures are due to spiritual weakness. I'll just give you a couple of them. He became impatient with Samuel and usurped the priestly function of sacrifice. He had no business to be involved with that. He failed to obey God's command to destroy all the Malachites. You know, It showed a lack of understanding the spiritual need for that. And three, when David succeeded he, and where he failed, he became jealous. A jealous spirit is an indication of a, a low spiritual state, uh, to, especially to the extent that uh, Saul went. He, he went crazy with jealousy. And then we see David. David, perhaps no, no other man in the Bible like David, is so highly esteemed by God. I mean, in the sense that we see written out, uh, he he set the standard by which God measured the great the rest of the kings of Israel. And he really did. His psalms have been a source of great comfort and inspiration since they were written. So, what were some of the keys to David's greatness? Uh, he had a profound love of God, and was de- uh, dedicated to doing His service. That's that's where David was at. He had courage of his convictions and he was undaunted by the unbelief and negativism that was about him. He he just did it. You know, we see that kind of in the story of David and Goliath. There was people who were definitely negative about him being there, but he did it anyway. David assumed the kingly throne as a servant of the people, which was much different than with the mindset of the master of the people. He was a servant. Uh, During his numerous trials, he learned to wait on the Lord. That's, oh boy, that's a lesson we all could learn, uh, be encouraged about. He learned to delegate responsibilities and to give credit to those serving well. Again, this idea of serving the people rather than being the master of it. Though David was not perfect. Oh boy, do we ever know that? He showed a remarkable ability to accept the blame for problems and to respond positively to the Lord's chastening. So that's some great things about David. Uh, David' purchase of the temple site in Second Samuel highlights two great sins of David: the adultery and then the numbering of the people. God, you know, brought to his attention. He repented, and God demonstrated amazing grace in each case. And then he would go on to buy that temple site. He wouldn't build it, uh, but he would Solomon would, and he purchased that site. Uh, and there's some tragedy as well in david's life that's it's sad to see uh, david had a dozen wives eight of whom were mentioned in scripture he had at least 10 concubines he had 21 sons and one daughter now that's recorded in first samuel chapter 3 2 to 5 samuel 5 13 to 16 and first chronicles 14 verses 3 to 7. two uh three of his older sons were involved in violent deaths. Amnon was killed by Absalom, and he was killed because he raped his sister Tamar, and Absalom did something about it. Absalom was killed, got caught in the tree branches after he led an insurrection against his father, and Anajan, who tried to be named king over Solomon. You know, each of them were in line to the throne. And the Lord attribute part of this blame to David. First Kings chapter one, verse six, and his and his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he also was a very goodly man, and his mother bared him after Absalom. So the idea that you know David wouldn't do anything with these kids. He wouldn't, you know, uh, get things right, and particularly with Amnon, um why he would let him continue after doing such a wicked thing uh, i don't understand these tragedy in a godly home are definitely difficult to explain but they do remind us of a strange anomaly in the families of four prominent men in first and second samuel uh, three of the prominent men were men of god eli samuel and david are said to have failed to discipline their sons the fourth prominent man, the ungodly king Saul, however, had one of the most noble and godly men in the book, Jonathan. Hmm. Strange anomaly that we'll see many times later in the kings. And uh, I hope this has been an encouragement to you as you continue to explore the word, to understand just a little bit more background. These things are are there. Sometimes we miss them, and uh, so I hope it's been an encouragement. And stay at it, stay in the Word, continue to explore it.